You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I am joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Laura, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Evan. Laura, we had some really good response from the last podcast called Practices of Schools That Work, uh, so much so that we are deciding to get together here and uh, do a part two to this important topic. I couldn't agree more. I think it's very important. And we're each going to share a few ideas of things that are practices that we think help schools work better. One of the things that I'm going to be talking about here in a little bit is school spirit and I always have a little story to begin our podcast, and my recollection is that when I was growing up, anything that was associated with school spirit was very, very much focused on athletics within the school. It was not focused on the whole school. It lacked a level of inclusivity that that I think is important for students to feel connected to their school. I couldn't agree more with that statement, Evan. Because school spirit uh, is is something that brings that positivity that you talked about last time, that upbeat feeling uh, into a school and into a classroom. We want spirit infusing everything kids do. So Laura, let's begin with you sharing your number one, or your first thing rather, practices of schools that work. We talk a lot about choices for students, self-selecting books, Uh, selecting a topic they're going to investigate or a project that they're going to work on. I want to see more choices for teachers. And this is the way it works. We're handed a curriculum, but in the application of that curriculum in the classroom, I want teachers to have choices as to materials they're going to use, uh, how they're going to integrate inquiry and projects into this uh, unit of study. I want them to be able to select books that are relevant to kids and that meet the diverse needs in their class. And I have a good example of this because I was recently in a school where the school was doing four uh, novels over the year. And these novels were picked 14 years ago. Lots have happened in literature uh, in middle school literature, young adult literature, during that time, and, and we're, we're stuck in a time warp because that's what was sanctioned. I think we need to be flexible and have choice. And I like how you bring up the, you know, the autonomy of teachers to have um, a role in the application of the curriculum. And from the principal standpoint, what's exciting about that is that can drive building level professional development uh, over the course of years um, in terms of, of increasing Uh, pedagogical skills on different ways to apply curriculum within a classroom. Laura, my number one actually here is that a school connects with parents and community. And I want to just bring to to notice the the importance of social media and using social media to connect to families and to students. So we've written on this before, and we actually did a blog on this not too long ago, but the importance of using Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to send information out uh, from your, from your school to families or to students is invaluable. It's something that we just simply could not do in the not too recent past, and we can do them now, and I believe that schools that are making positive connections with their community are using social media. 
I agree. And I know you're doing some amazing thing by having teachers make podcasts and videos uh, that they can send out to parents who are strapped for time and can't always come into a meeting, but they can view uh, the recommendations or or, uh, or the information that different uh, people in your school want them to know. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. There are things that schools can do now that we just simply couldn't do. And being able to podcast information and put that on a website for families to connect to whenever is good for them is a really good example. Thanks for bringing that up, Laura. Okay, um, my next point is more student self-evaluation. I think we are so stuck on two things, the teacher giving a grade, um, which I have mixed feelings about, or the teacher writing a short comment. If the student is going to move forward and become independent, that student needs to be able to look at work they've done and self-evaluate and say, did I make progress and can I show the progress I made? What are some areas that I should continue to work on? This leads them to independent uh, thinking and being independent of the teacher, which is the goal, for, in my mind, from kindergarten through 12th grade of all education. So I want self-evaluation to be frequent. I would like the teacher to model it and show how he or she self-evaluates something that they worked on together in class. But it is a very important aspect of learning. You know, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the importance of the teacher modeling it. Uh, you know, I can remember times when I was in school where there was just a, an expectation that I would take notes, um, but I didn't know how to take notes, uh, and maybe a presumption that osmotically I could just pick up or figure out how to do it, uh, but there's tremendous value in modeling, um, modeling for kids. Thanks for sharing that, Laura. Laura, what I'd like to bring up is a school where students are encouraged to get involved with everything that's happening in the school, including extracurricular activities. I think it's important for schools to offer clubs, choral opportunities, band opportunities, athletic opportunities. What I have found and what I have seen over the years is students who are more connected and more involved in the many things that can be offered at a school, the more excited they are about school and the more fulfilling their school experience is. Absolutely, and it connects to your first point. They will develop lots of school spirit, lots of feeling that my school is the best place to be, and I can't wait to get there every single day. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is class libraries. I think you've heard me talk about this a lot, but I want to point out that to develop a really helpful class library, you need to have a goal of 2,000 books. Now that's not going to happen in one year, but I want you to give yourself two to four years to build that classroom library so it is extensive and it has a variety of texts, picture books, novels, graphic novels, comic books, magazines, all the things that students in the age group you work with love to read. But it needs to be large so that, indeed, we have choice and we meet the needs of a range of learners who are working far below grade level to above grade level. 
Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And you have brought that up before, but, you know, you can bring it up every time we do podcasts because encouraging kids to read is that important. The, the other thing that resonates with me is when I hear that from a principal standpoint, it makes me realize the importance of positioning a budget within the school to make sure that money can be spent to purchase class libraries or to add books to a school library. Absolutely, Evan. And I think that... Um, I know that you have those conversations with teachers, and I know your teachers uh, have access to purchasing a lot of books because of you, but it is that opening the conversation between student, teacher, uh, principal, that the principal begins to realize the importance of this need and sets aside funding. I appreciate you, you bringing that up. Laura, my last one is kind of... I draw on my business background when I, when I share this, and it's really about building the brand of a school and how that gets people excited about the school. You know, when we think about a particular car that we like or we think about a particular clothing brand that we like, it's interesting to sit back and think, well, why do I like it? What? And it's typically because of an emotional connection that you make to that particular brand. So within a school, it's important to think about how the principal and teachers are communicating the brand, the logo, the, the, the colors of the school uh, to their community at large. So that could be, um, whether it's on letterhead, it could be through social media, it can be through clothing that's offered to students within the building, but ways that get people excited about school spirit, about excited about being in the building and really creating that sort of buzz that's a business business term also, but uh, uh, that buzz that gets people excited to come to work there and makes people who who are not um, yet working in your school be interested in coming to your school for an interview because they, they hear so much excitement and feel the excitement about the school. That is very true of your school, Evan. And some of the things that I see you doing is the makerspace in the library and opening the school early and students are coming in because they want to do very creative things uh, in that makerspace. Having your students do the daily announcements. Uh, I know that your students interview teachers on video and you present, you put it on your website and the whole school sees it. These are things that not only build a brand, but offer leadership opportunities to children. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Laura. You know, and it also, again, it's a great way to get information out to your community, to get staff and students excited about being in a school. That builds brand, that builds school spirit, and that creates an environment where teachers want to teach and kids want to come to school. Laura, as we begin wrapping up this podcast, I'd like to thank you for spending some time with me. Are there any closing thoughts that you might like to share? My only closing thought is that now that you know about things that don't work and we are focusing on things that do work, start the conversation going in your school so that you can build that positive feeling and bring instructional practices uh, and leadership practices that will change the culture of a school. Laura, I appreciate you sharing those ideas. That was very, very well said. This podcast gives you opportunities to reflect on the things that Laura and I are talking about and reflect on how they exist in your school and then possibly what steps you could take to make them a more viable part of your school. This is Evan Robb and I'm joined today with Laura Robb. This has been the Robb Review Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.